0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Big Brother Club for Grown Men, a podcast where we discuss life and all its surrounding factors. My name is Chris Blunt, and let's have a conversation. All right, welcome back, everyone. I really enjoyed this episode. I got a chance to sit down it was just four of us this time and we had a great time talking about all the things that have to do with accountability grace and most of all expectations this episode is fully about expectations the ones that we place on ourselves the one we place on others there are a lot of heartwarming stories in this there's a lot of uh laughter and a lot of joy overall. So I hope you all enjoyed this next episode. It was a really good one. Thank you all for listening. It is not lost on me the gratitude, the um the attention <laughs> and the willing ear that I'm getting towards from everybody listening. I love your feedback. Thank you all for listening to that first episode. And I'm looking forward to giving you more and also Communicating and and convening, fellowshipping, if you will, with all these great brothers here. So, thank you all, and I look forward to y'all listening to this episode and so many more. Thank you. All right, welcome everybody. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) To another episode. All right, let's. uh, Before we get started, I'm gonna go around the room and ask that you all introduce yourselves. And we will get get started all right um first things first you good sir
1: oh man i'm jazz um i'm just i'm just a man you know <laughs> with a with a master plan for sure though mm.
0: for sure For sure. thank you thank you
2: hi how you doing my name is jabari um i uh am a gentleman in his uh, early 40s and uh into art and literature and music and uh you know um also just into um you know different vibes and
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, appreciating this space to share mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. So my name is Joe Joe Williams. I am from Tacoma, Washington and I'm 30 years old. Um, I'm a sound liberator. I'm an artist you know I'm a community builder and happy to be here.
0: Excellent. thank you all and of course I'm your host Chris Blunt, uh, curator, MC, father podcaster and probably crazy guy but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> But I, I thank you all for joining me. It has this Has yet evening. to be determined. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> thank you all for joining me this evening. This is going to be a conversation. Um, I wanted to discuss expectations, and I think because as a grown, grown adult, we place certain expectations on ourselves, right. and so I want to discuss like openly what expectations. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and we're going to talk about our experiences. I know for me, I struggle with expectations—expectations expectations I have for others, expectations I have for myself. I struggle with grace and accountability in certain cases as well. I like to think that I'm accountable, but sometimes that is based on the opinions of others. So, <laughs> so without further ado, that I'm gonna I'm gonna start off and and ask y'all questions and, and p- feel free to like be as candid as possible. Um, when have you exceeded your own expectations of what you thought about yourself? Chibari.
2: When have I exceeded the expectations that I had of myself? That's correct. That's an interesting question. I feel as if, though, personally, I always have wrestled with expectations. Uh, expectations of what adulthood was going to be, expectations of what manhood was supposed to be, and expectations of what relationships are supposed to be. Um. So I guess what I can talk about more so than exceeding expectations is just times when I let myself be okay with the fact that the expectations weren't exactly what happened. Mm. Uh, And I think uh, an example of that would be um, career and, I guess, romantic relationships. Mm. And um, my expectation in career was that I would... Be the shit. <laughs> By the <laughs> time I was like in my mid-twenties. Why you still are the shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, life was a lot more difficult than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And my initial uh, paths weren't necessarily ones that doors opened up quickly with. And um, over time, I kind of uh, eventually got to the point where I was like, okay. That's fine. And uh, my expectations shifted. And I find myself more so at this age. Like, I set an expectation. I set an intention. Mm -hmm. And I try to move towards the goal. And to me, being in the midst of something and being present um, and allowing myself to be present exceeds the expectation of success because that allows me to just enjoy the process of things I'm doing I I, when I was a young man uh, I always was like "All right, if I do this then I'll get to this and if this happens then I'll get to this if I if I if I date somebody for three years maybe we'll move in together and you know all these things were like uh, career elevators relationship elevators Mm -hmm. and um I was never present. So I guess the t- the time when I had started to exceed my expectations is when I started to be present in the fact that uh, it's about more than just the end result, but also just being in the moment and enjoying the process. Okay. So that was a very long explanation. <laughs> but I think I think that kind of tells you where I was coming from.
0: Mm, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, what about you,
2: Jazz? Um,
1: it was a time I was living in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. We we're close to Dallas, Arlington, Texas, but I was I was in the streets a lot doing my music in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Cuz I was in that area. And um I was doing a lot of competitions back then. So, you know, that 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 comes with a lot of scrutiny. <laughs> a lot of judgment and all that because you being uh competitive and you competing, in, it's it's a contest so you're being judged on your performance and all whatever however you know what I'm saying they got they their little point system going on so I was I was I was successful at some of the competitions that I was entering um some, other people had won, but there was a lot of politics involved. Mm-hmm. Naturally, so I'm not from there. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting any uh, special treatment expectations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, a, another competition ended up arising called Truth in the Booth. And, uh, it was for artists, local artists or anybody really, but they were advertising it on social media, Facebook, Instagram, to the area of Dallas, you know? So it was at this one, uh, like a studio kind of like this, where uh, you go into a building and they have different um, rooms and different Mm offices, you know what I'm saying? But they were utilizing, a few different uh, rooms in, in that uh, plaza, or whatever, for music, photography, uh, video, videography, DJ booth, the studio like this, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, Where well, you go in there and record, uh, and they were doing shows in there, like it, it was crazy. It was multi, multi-faceted. So I was already a part of it. I had won a competition, who's got fans there. I ended up recording a song there that the uh one of the the main artists on that label, she ended up using that song as her ringtone. You know what I'm saying? So, like
0: yeah.
1: they were they was liking the song, but the song came from a dream that I had when I was in prison. Uh, where I was riding with Jay Z, and like you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm on the highway with him. We on we was in a uh, a drophead, a Phantom, all white. And had like a uh, wood grain on the back with a with a with a uh the top let down there looked like a yacht deck mm-hmm. so he, we going to this uh penthouse or whatever that's where he was on our way to he was telling me you know what I'm saying man you gotta kill it you know what i'm saying you you, you can't be hold no you can't hold back no mercy towards this rap you know what I'm saying With no nobody we get there it's a um all white, decor, everything in there. But I'm hearing people like, it's muffled. Music, I'm hearing it. So I'm seeing different rappers in there, and they like rapping to themselves like they getting their verses together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's like, man, he said, this is what I was talking about, man. You ready? I was like, yeah, I'm I stay ready. So a door opened up and the music got louder. And then somebody came out and I walked in. I woke. Uh, I woke up, so I already had a, a competition at this one place, but they had that Truth in the Booth, and this is the first one they ever had. I had just did a, a show in the daytime. I had a day show. It was on a Sunday somewhere else in Dallas, Lady Cajuns or something. Then there was the uh, the, the Truth in the Booth right after that. So I left that show, went to that to that place. It was twenty five dollars to enter. Everybody had, had, you know, spit their best 16 to a uh, whatever beat. I didn't know the beat. Mm -hmm. So I get in there. I get chills, my nigga, from this shit, bro. Uh, I get in there, and I see, like, there's different artists in there that was entering the uh, competition. I'm hearing music muffled. Because mm-hmm. I, I, it's coming from behind with a booth like this, bro.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? It's coming from in there. So, I'm walking around. I'm seeing niggas. They, they, they bobbing their head to the to the beat, getting their verses ready. I'm like, and hit me. Like this is the dream.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one take, my nigga. This shit documented, bro. Yeah. Went in there one take. I, it's. A, I'm going live on my phone. Another bitch, she going live on her shit. It's it's a video, uh, a cameraman inside the booth, another cameraman outside the booth, one take, bro. We live. yeah. I exceeded all expectations, bro. Like mm-hmm. everything was perfect,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and like I won that bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the face of that bitch, bro.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Look it up. Mm-hmm. You can see it. It's like. All the dreams I had, bro, from when I was a kid to that point, if I don't do nothing else in music, bro, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you see something come to fruition like that, bro, like, Mm -hmm. it do something to you. Like, it, it, it changed me, but it brought me up here. Mm-hmm. I got a purpose with this music, but you got to use it the right way or it's, it's going to take you. Yeah. You can see it. Absolutely. And then like people have expectations of you because they know that you a golden ticket. Yes. So it's pressure, like all the time, like people want you to uh, do stuff that they wouldn't even do, bro.
0: Mm-hmm
1: they expect you to do it.
0: Yeah, like,
1: right. How How you expect me to do something that you ain't going to do? But being the type of person that you are, you going to make it happen. They know it though. So it's like manipulation, mm. you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I'm the truth in the booth, bro. Yeah. And whether
0: y'all know it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing yeah, that with us, Yeah, for real, bro. Yo, yo, Joe, what about you? When is it's some, when it's a time where like you exceeded your own expectations,
3: exceeded my own expectations. You know, Chris, that feels like a job interview question.
0: I know it does. Yes, it does. It I does. Build a team
3: building skills. I
0: know. <laughs> but I wanted to start out with something positive. In a sense, it is of, positive. And yes. I,
3: first of all, I have to say that <clears throat> thank you, Jazz, for sharing that. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, um, for real. That was so inspired and so just moving. Honestly, like, you grooving into your purpose. I think that's super yeah. dope. Yeah. Um, okay. Appreciate so if you. I was recollecting an instance where I exceeded my expectations, you know, I'm thinking of a time where I'm just like, Joe, you ate that. Like, I'm so proud of you. yeah, like, <laughs> um, no doubt. You know, I used to be very spiritual in my 20s, and I used to do all these, like, spiritual affirmations <laughs> uh, because... You know, being an artist, I'm very sensitive. So what I put into my mind is my reality. No, right? Not worried, so um, I really tried my best to hang around, you know, upbeat, positive people who had dreams and goals. And then, you know, life went on and, you know, you find yourself in certain circles where you're not always going to be uplifted. Uh, right? Where you're not going to know that positive reinforcement that you are exceeding expectations. Mm. You know, thankfully I have a great situation now where my boss tells me all the time, I far exceed my expectations. You know, this is a black mm. woman. She knows what it means to lift a brother up. No doubt. Mm. But um, I just was reflecting on the question because it's like, how often do I give myself credit mm. for exceeding the expectations put on me in this society, because I almost feel, I'll just be honest, I always feel insulted when people compliment me on doing something that's so mediocre and so just easy for me to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know why. Maybe I was raised with high expectations, but um, you know, I'm a classical musician who is black and people aren't used to seeing that in society a lot, right? Mm. So, you know, I'll mm-hmm. play just like a very, what I consider to be a very easy Mozart sonata or something. And then people are like flabbergasted, like, wow.
0: Yeah. You it's know? sort of like the art, artistic, art, the musician's version of you speak so well.
3: You, I yeah. Mean, <laughs> yeah you know right. Know something saying? like
0: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like, but I'm a pianist, motherfucker. I'm a classical pianist. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, you think I was playing? Right. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yes. <laughs> I mean, you don't go to go up to a doctor and be like, you just did such a great surgery. Like, I'm so surprised. I'm so impressed, you know. But on the other side of that, I do feel like our society could really amplify and lift each other up in terms of jazz. I see you, you know, you produced that check. That was filthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never heard anything like that. That was innovative. You are, you know, speaking for a whole generation. Like mm-hmm. we feel represented in your art. You know, we feel that you have exceeded the minimum expectations put on you from wherever you are from. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We need to be more generous as a people, you know, and as brothers, you know, really be keeping track of what we're all up to because it shouldn't be a surprise. Like, I shouldn't be going through my mind like encyclopedia thinking like, <laughs> when did I exceed it? You know? Yeah. We should be praising and supporting each other. So, absolutely, I appreciate bro. that question, brother. Yeah. Uh,
1: absolutely.
2: Yeah, you know, you know, it's interesting. Like, I thought about my answer. I just listened to Joe's answer and listening to what Jazz said. And I, I realized like halfway through just like us all conversing, I don't know if I ever have felt like I have exceeded expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I just had to say something a few minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, though. It's, this, it, mean, just yeah. to be, Put, just to on be real. Spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah. I, but I, um, honestly, if I think about it, I've always been my worst critic. Mm. We are, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've always, mm. in my life, thought I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? That's psh, shit,
0: man. Million dollar question. Huh? That's
2: a million dollar question right there. But yeah. like, I've I've always felt that way, and like, um, I th- I feel like I've had other people tell me that, I'm, I'm good or great at something, but I never believe them. Mm. Damn. I'm like, I always, I'm trying to...
0: I can relate to that, though, bro. Prove something to,
2: to myself.
0: I personally think that it comes from, maybe not... I know for me, I can only speak for myself. So I, I know that, like, I was not a person who... my my Like, my grandmother was definitely very influential in building my self-confidence. Mm. Uh, my mother my mother would speak it too, but then reality sets in and you start going out, out in the world and like, kids are mean. Like the world is mean. right? And so all the flaws that you find out about yourself, you usually find out in social settings. Mm. Yeah. where they tell you all the things and it makes you incredibly subconscious. And you, you tend to discount the compliments that you do get from loved ones because they're your loved ones. Yeah, not. I mean, as as much as it it could be as very authentic yeah. and genuine, yeah. but it's like there's there's weight behind it because like I'm her son, I'm her grandson, I'm his I'm his son, they I'm bias. his cousin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, but these people yeah. like this motherfucker who don't give a shit about me. Was like, yeah, nigga, you ugly, you know, <laughs> and you dark skin, or shit like that. And now you're like, oh shit, am I? Am I been lied to this whole time? Uh-huh. Yeah. And you you start to think little about yourself. So I think the journey to self love is a very hard-fought one. It's one of the things where it's like you've been told something for the majority of your life. It's been badgered into yeah, your it's brain. Been, yeah, and, it's been, mm. and it sticks with you. I don't mm. care what anybody says. People be like, oh, yeah, fuck what the haters say. Nah, nigga. Mm. Like, the haters be saying shit and that sticks to you. You know what I'm saying? sometimes, like, because we're our own self because we know all of our secrets, too. We know all the dumbass crazy thoughts that we have inside, yeah, so we, can't we control take the, that. yeah, and we take that into consideration where we're making decisions when we're thinking about ourselves, all those things, and mm-hmm. I think that leads me into like grace. Like, how often do we give each other grace? That we give others grace, than we give ourselves grace. What
1: is grace? Because yeah. people don't know that. Yeah, mm.
0: I, yeah, that's a good one. I think for me, grace is, um. And understanding, mm-hmm. gratitude, and forgiveness in a lot of ways. Because sometimes we have to, like, understand... For yourself? Why, yeah, for ourselves. Okay, yeah. okay. Because, like, it, it's an understanding of, like, understanding yourself in the way where you think. It's forgiveness for, like, hey, listen, I'm not perfect. So not everything is, like, not every decision that I make that's a bad one is going to be detrimental and it's forever. It's, like, it's, it's got to be... every. Like, I remember watching this movie and it, it said every passing moment offers another chance to turn it all around. And I had to really drill that into myself because we we can blame ourselves for mistakes that we made. And the mistake becomes bigger because we make it bigger in our heads. You know what I'm saying? We're really- Maybe
1: You end up wasting, yeah, wasting time on- So much time. On dwelling on that.
0: Yeah. And it's like, man, and it, it becomes you. It becomes an identity. Yeah. And you, that's how, this is how villains are made. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I made this mistake and I, then you become the mistake. Yeah, yeah, and I, I had to learn to give myself grace. But giving yourself grace is, is harder than anything, I think, um, because we know ourselves. And we're because we're our harshest critics, as you say, Jabari, it's hard for us to give ourselves that grace when we wouldn't— we don't know if we would give other people that same grace that we give ourselves. Mm. Uh,
2: to be honest, That's I hard. would say that I, uh, I lost— maybe almost a decade to hating myself.
0: Mm. Uh,
2: Definitely feeling like I wasn't worth it. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Definitely feeling like I didn't know if I should even consider uh, you know, continuing life at some points.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And uh, definitely uh, you know, these days I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna fuck around. I love myself unconditionally today, mm-hmm. but uh, for years, definitely didn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, just he, hearing Jazz just now talk about a moment where he felt like mm-hmm. he exceeded all expectation, and he was he, just the way he expressed it, and he was so proud of himself. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, have I ever felt that? Yeah. And I you know, and I and I kind of I feel like every every person should have a moment like that.
0: Absolutely. You know? mm. I
2: think honestly, we
0: all do have that moment. Is whether we stop and sit and reflect it. Cause believe yeah, it or not, the fact that able, we are all, yeah, yeah, the fact that we're all sitting it. here mm-hmm. is we are all success stories. Ain't no doubt. You know, I think that this world is tough, man, and unfortunately it's very unfair. <laughs> a lot of people die. A lot of people get caught in situations where they are unjustfully um, judged, arrested, and things like that. As a black man, you have a fucking mark on you. On you. You're in the middle of the crosshairs. We are no different than a Trayvon or an Eric Gardner, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or, or one of the other, uh, of the other unfortunate <sighs> victims who just happen to have a run-in with the police Bro. and they're just as innocent as everybody else. Okay. You Hold know? on one second. Yeah. Manny Ellis. Right. Yes, yeah,
1: so I was, I was in the hole, bro. Mm-hmm. Like in September, September eleventh, uh, two thousand and fourteen. Mm. And uh you can't get to nothing. You in you in there, like the them doors is heavy. You're not getting out of there unless they let you out. Bro, night shift came on one night, and this is the one CO. This one CEO, he came in, he other guys, other inmates knew him. Mm. They knew he was racist. <clears throat> I was uh in the upper peninsula of Michigan. There ain't number of white people out there for mm. real, bro.
3: It's horrible. Facts. I was there this summer. <laughs> yeah,
1: like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's and then it's it's weird, but it's it's just what it is. Mm-hmm. So this dude, he come by, he stopped at my door, he look at me he say, you look just like Trayvon Martin. Bro, mm. wow. Man, I seen red the whole night. Yeah. Uh-huh. My voice went hoarse, bro. I was cussing this dude. I couldn't do nothing to him. Mm. I, go, I Man, he knew just what to say, bro. Mm-hmm. To push my button. You hear? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like, like, when you use, like all of I use everything, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like When I came home, it wasn't nothing. It wasn't nothing stopping me. I ain't care about no felonies, no none of that. man, I ain't about to let none of that stop me from doing what I'm trying to do. I told my, my PO what I'm gonna be doing. I was coming up here. I could show you right now uh emails where I got travelers permit to come mm-hmm. up here to
0: mm-hmm. do shows. Yeah.
1: I told him what I was gonna do, bro. When I seen him, he yeah. didn't believe me.
0: There's a like, level man, of determination. I think that we have it. Yeah, bro. when you're when you are faced when you are faced with the brink of elimination, no yeah. matter what that elimination may be, it does it does something to you. I think that when you when you have a background like I've I've had situations where I grew up in an impoverished area, yeah. and there was no no safety net. And so when it's not no safety net, you got two choices: you got to like go get it. Here. Yeah, you got to go get it, or you can you can. I was like, I refuse to like. Give up on myself. Got to go get it. You know, right. and I, I was like, I had to go get it to get to what I, what I need to go. But I think for the most part, it creates this kind of like, like I I feel like a way about the hustle culture. Because on one hand, yes, there's the, there's the aspect of going to get it and becoming successful. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it's a tricky thing. I think that because I'm a spiritual person and I am more interested in peace, it's hard to like adapt that, and keep that hustle culture, because you also are adapting no peace.
2: Mm.
0: And I, I, and honestly, I, I want peace more than anything. I think that when we look mm. at our people, sure. we look at our heroes, quote unquote, American heroes, the capitalist society. There is a very big like hustle culture thing, and it's usually it's usually promoted to us, for us to grind. But when you mm. look at the aspect and meaning of grind, not, it's really like. Killing yourself. Yeah, you know, I, I think emotions. about the days of, you know, we go back to the the story of John Henry, right? He still driving man. He worked and he beat the machine, but it, at the cost of his life. Mm-hmm. And I think about that and it, what it teaches me outside of all the, the underlines of the strong black man, racial shit, by the way. You know, but it, what it teaches me is like, don't die over this shit. This shit ain't worth it. You know what I'm saying, and I, I and that that to me had to have a I had to create that balance of like the the hustle because it's balance. like I can only sure. hustle so much, and then I'd be like, all right, cool, I got to take some time. I gotta I gotta be as as uh, you you pointed out, Jabari, I gotta be present mm. because mm. I spend so much time, what I like to call time traveling. Uh, mm, I'm thinking right. of the past. I'm planning for the future, mm. but I'm not in the present. And so if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm out here time traveling, I'm not present to be with the people I'm supposed to be here with. So Man. there's no reason the time there's no reason he, to
1: live. Hey, you going deep, ain't you know Right.
0: I'm so that's that's the whole you know that's what I'm learning to do. I'm learning to uh, like chill real. out on time traveling as much. Um. So because yes, you're
1: wasting time doing that. Honestly,
0: yeah, you are. You're for wasting real. time. All right. So I wanted to ask like the next thing I wanted to ask was um. Failed expectations like. How have you learned from failed expe- from the failed expectation of others, and how do you move forward based on that lesson? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we all dealt with disappointment. Mm-hmm. So, based on the disappointment, has it affected how you move in the future? I, I, I imagine Absolutely. it has. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: I know. For me, I learned to, um, and and if I can get little candid about, like, relationship shit, right? I, I had a relationship, and I was in that relationship for a while. And part of it was, oh, man, this person did not treat me well. But also, I realized that, and I say this in the past past um, episode, I always say you date your trauma, mm. right? And I say, you know, I, I met this mm-hmm. person at a time where I did not love myself, and she didn't love me either. But- I, I kept pouring into that, and when you pour into something, and it, and you can't love somebody enough to love you back, you know what I'm saying, and I think that, like, wow, I went into a situation where it was like, hey, if I love them enough, if I do this, they'll treat me better, and one of the things, and granted, part of that's true, part of that is the sense of it was wrong that they were treating me bad, right, but part of it was me because I didn't ask for anything, I didn't ask for I didn't state my wants, I didn't state my needs, I ain't said any expectations. I was on some happy to be here shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so like, if you just go for the bare wow. minimum, you set yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. Because you mm-hmm. didn't, you didn't, yeah. Because you, yeah, you didn't, my standards were low. I didn't think, oh shit, I deserve love too. Um, I deserve to be, you know, fluid out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I deserve, I deserve <laughs> to have some of these things happen. And what I learned from that, I know. I'm stuck on
3: fluid <laughs> out. <What's up?
2: laughs> Lady. I think we all stuck on flu. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everyone, everyone. If you want to- You just fly want to be through now. No, you know what I'm saying? What I mean? so everybody. If y'all want to fly brother out, y'all yeah, I, I got nothing.
1: flew out to this bitch. Exactly. So <laughs> that's,
0: that's the, But yeah, so all that being said, I had to learn to like ask for things. And in the future, what I do now when I'm engaging with people is I ask for things that I that I enjoy, that I like. Because in the, in the beginning, I think that there's this expectation. Especially for black men, there's this expectation that we have to be providers. Man, what? Yeah, so like we we have to be yes, providers, sir. and that means we never receive shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, it, like and I'm not saying like all receive depends things. Yeah, on who you got around you? Bro. It depends on who you got around you. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. like receiving things before I before I get crazy with it. Like, I'm not saying receiving things from a like a um like from a materialistic point of, point of view. No, I do seeing. think that like. There is a, it's definitely a pouring into give and take with a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I do think is that sometimes men will ignore things such as like emotional availability. They would ignore things such as um, being like spiritually or emotionally fulfilled by a partner because it was like, well, shit, I'm providing. And we don't, cause we don't see that. I didn't see that growing up. I didn't see anybody like being like emotionally there for men. I saw like, and honestly, I didn't see where men weren't emotionally there for women either. No doubt. But you know, I just it was more so like, what can you do for me? Do mm-hmm. you pay the bills? Do you do this?
1: Yeah, I try not to be like that. Yeah. Because um, this is, I'm i am the head of the household, bro. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like I get that respect all the way. But you can't lead in a way to where uh, people are being subservient toward, to you or you you making them feel inferior. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I don't you uh, can't do that.
0: I struggle with the, the term head of household because our my household is ran, and I this ain't nothing against anybody households. Mm-hmm. My house is ran like like we socialists. So like <laughs> so it's one of the yeah, things where it's because like, like but cause in a sense like there's no there's no real power dynamic because I can't survive well without my wife and vice versa. So it's one of the things where it's we like, there's a, yeah, we need each other. There's a certain way that things go about. Yeah. It's like anybody, you know, you know how it is when you're dealing with kids, man. Sometimes them, them roles don't, them roles can't stick. Sometimes you got to wash the dishes. Sometimes you got to, like, do all these things. And sometimes you got to yeah, take the rounds it's, when it's like... Just
1: make sure everything's still round. Yeah, Smooth. everything's
0: still round. So mm-hmm. uh, we're very much uh, fluid with the way we deal with our household. That's good. Because, you know, at the end of the day, my kids don't give a fuck about, like, who's who has this position. <laughs> <right>. They hungry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like
3: let me ask you that. Yeah. How do we get to those household expectations? Because... I'm fortunate. My partner is the wonderful cleaner. He does yeah everything that I don't like to do. Yeah, it's a wonderful win-win situation. But how did you work out in your relationship those expectations of who does what?
0: Uh, I think a lot of it comes from upbringing. I think my wife and I both came from majority single parent homes, mm-hmm. so we both come from hardworking women. Mm. And when we got together, it wasn't a I didn't. When we got together, it wasn't like, "Well, I'm a man, so I need to do this." It was more so like, "Let's team up and, and get this house together." You know what I'm saying? So it was never this like Dude, kind of like automatic word. thing because I am I am this, then I deserve this. Like for what? You know what I'm saying? Like if you want to get the job done, or you want to like have cookie points at the end of the like because there's no. I always <laughs> tell people like there's no tax write offs for being right, you know, what I mean? or, or for pride at the end of at the end of that fucking year. So, like, if you you want to get the job done or you won't you worry about being, you know, whatever position you in. You know what I'm saying? So, like, there's some days I don't have it in me. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yo, nigga tired. Right. No, right don't cool. You, 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 yeah, you allowed that, though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we human and shit. We, don't, we ain't no devices and shit. Yeah. And that, I, I think, think that's... To the wall. Yeah. Brand I mean,
0: soul. but yeah, that in therapy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That in therapy. But I, I think that... A lot of it came from us giving each other grace for looking at each other grace. as human beings. I think there's sometimes, like, sometimes she is fucking tired, and I get it. Cause them motherfuckers, them kids be clinging on her and all the things. And I be like, all right, Man. go take an hour. Why don't you I'm go take an hour? Yeah, about being gone now. Exactly. Like, I got the kids. You know, go take an hour, <laughs> rest. Go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, cause that's like, that's a lot. That's heavy. It is, bro. It's heavy. It's nothing to mm-hmm. sneeze at. There's mm-hmm. a lot that goes into it. So I it's, it's about like saying hey go go take an hour for yourself. I got mm-hmm. the kids, it's fine. So like when we give each other grace, that 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 usually shows that a that shows that care. You care about yeah, this person. I mean, you paying attention. Yeah. today I don't yeah. look at you know. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times some people look at their spouse and they be like I'm struggling. They be like tough break, nigga. Rent due, right? You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you know you don't you don't want that. You don't want a situation where like there's no compassion mm-hmm. in the relationship. That's trash. So I try to have compassion and, and be real with it, you know? Um, yeah, I, th- I think...
2: Uh, I think right now, I've been trying to give myself grace for failing at marriage. Uh, and uh And getting divorced. Um, I uh, I definitely have been struggling with that. Mm. It's something I feel guilty about. I feel guilty about the fact that uh, I I I had to call it on the relationship. You
1: mm. um, mean that you you called it off?
2: I did. Okay. I, I filed for divorce. Okay. Um. Because I didn't feel like anything that was a major issue with me, uh, for me, in the relationship was going to change. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to give myself grace for um, just the fact that my whole community (laughs) Mm -hmm. came out and saw... Mm -hmm. The, you know, me get married and everything, and, and just the fact that uh it didn't work. Um, you know, I I think I had always kind of judged my my pops a little bit mm-hmm. f- for his relationship with my mom. And um I found myself in a situation where I didn't want to be someplace anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Am I am I a villain now?" Mm. But I'm uh, somebody and- got to be the villain, bro. Yeah. I, in her story, I'm the villain. Yeah. I was all right. So,
0: and Man, I understand. I, mean, I understand yeah. that aspect of it. What I would offer, and I I, would, I I think about this as well with with my past like relationship shit. What is the level of accountability that you have for yourself? Mm. In a sense, like, because it's one of the things where it's like you know we all. You know everybody's emotions are complicated. I'm I'm definitely the villain in somebody's story. Mm-hmm. You know? Um what I do what I do think is, is good balance. I think there are good balance when you realize, hey, there are some aspects about me that were that might not have been the best. So and I think for me it helps me find peace in that situation. Because it's like, oh no, it wasn't just them, it was me too. And this is how I can grow from that. Right. So like how how do you feel about self-accountability? And yeah. what's an example that you would, you would give for yourself?
2: Accountability is key. Yeah. You know, I think you have to be able to take a hard look
0: mm-hmm.
2: at um, things that you could have done better in any given situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I think our first uh, thing to think about, you know, just because it influences so much of our home lives is relationships, but that extends into your career, and extends into uh, just your relationship with the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I think being willing to say, okay, this is something that I did that wasn't necessarily uh, the most thought through. Mm -hmm. Um, How can I... um, How can I make up for that? How can I... I went to Catholic school, so there was this mm-hmm. thing called penance, mm-hmm. and you and that's that's the um, there's all these different what's called sacraments. Mm-hmm. Penance is the one where you go into the little booth with the priest, and the confession, and you confess. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I ain't never do that.
2: But the thing that they they never Mass. people never talk about with penance is it's not only about the confession, but it's also about what you do afterwards
0: mm-hmm.
2: like you know to make it right to make it right mm-hmm. now where i broke up with catholicism it was like say three hail marys and our father and you good. it's like all right should i've done in my life i need to do a little bit more <laughs> to reconcile it yeah and then say some say some prayers you know and so i think mm-hmm. um accountability is very important yeah Everybody struggle with that, bro.
0: It, it is, and it's a balance because you can beat yourself up, or you can just hold yourself accountable. Be like, hey, listen, this is something I think about, and I'll do better next time. Yeah. But I think about it and be like, hey, this I've grown from this. You know, uh, there's, I mean, I've said some shit, I've done some shit. It was probably it would be in my character now, but like if you had asked me like me what ten years ago, I was I was an asshole or whatever, you know? Man, there would be
1: people I, telling me stories. <laughs> Real. Yeah, real. I'm like, I did what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yikes.
0: That guy was an asshole. Yeah. Um, that guy's me. And so... <laughs> That's Yeah, so I do that, man. Um, <laughs>
1: do you have
3: an a issue with accountability?
0: Yeah.
3: I mean, I'm an Aries, so I'm always right all the time. Right? <laughs> oh, but shit. It's like you
0: this, know, it's, uh,
3: it's hard for me to publicly... Own that and model that in group settings. Okay, mm. you know it's one. It's one thing when it's one on one behind right. closed doors, but this space right now, which we have vulnerability group setting, I'm like, I don't want to share my shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's fair, which is fair. You know, I have a tendency to, uh, you know, blame blame the other person or mm. the circumstance for why failure wasn't outcome. Mm. Um. It's, it's like my reflex. Mm. And, um, you know, pride has brought down a lot of people uh, yes, in my sir. life. Yeah, I do not want to be like that. Right. So, you know, that's an area of growth for me because I feel like also as a culture, we're not holding each other accountable. Somebody said, amen and Ashe.
0: Yes. I'm <laughs> not really
3: holding each other accountable to our X, Y, and Z, highest purpose,
0: yeah. power, yeah.
3: standard of love, you know, potential. And I'm guilty of that too. You know, it'll be a few months before I check in on Jabari, you know, mm-hmm. and I know he's out here struggling with his divorce. What's <laughs> wrong with me? Yes, So you know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's a really great opportunity for me to reflect on accountability and the expectations that I have on myself, just yeah. modeling being a just decent human being. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, I, what right, I've man. learned
0: is yeah. to approach it like, sort of like, I, I learned a lot of things via parenting. I, I, I think um, instead of saying like, because I used to be like, man, why are you doing it? Like calling people out? Yeah. yeah. But, but I think what's more important is to express like how you feel overall. Like be like, yo, man, I believe in you. And I know you're good. I know you're better than this. But like this moment right here is not not becoming of you. But I think you can be better than this. And if you want to, we can talk, talk through it. And I think that if I'm approached that way and I approach people that way, that really does help. Because
1: thank you for that, bro.
0: Yeah, because a lot of times, you know, when we we get approached about something like, you know, like you what they call it. Like, yeah, G check as they say, yeah. G check the homie. it it becomes like a thing like, oh, you feeling like they're approaching, or like they're approaching you, or they're approaching you to be your enemy, or they're approaching you to like, to get one up on you. And it's like, I always, I think accountability is so important amongst friends and and comrades and everything because you got to come from a space of love with it. Mm, You know what I'm saying? If I, and know that I'm not just telling you this because I think it's wrong. I'm telling you this because I believe in you. No doubt. and And I think highly of you. And I want you to continue that. I had to learn how to do that with my kid. Instead of just say, "Boy, why are you being like that?" You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, "No, listen. I know you're great. You're a good kid. This is this is unbecoming, but that's okay because we're gonna work through it. And I'm giving them grace that you know that I honestly I've not given myself. You know what I'm saying? But it helps me give myself grace because if I hear myself say it, then I'll say it to myself. You know what I'm saying? So I try to I try to do that with the people that I know. Like that's a de- that's yeah. definitely
1: a different approach. I haven't yeah. even tried that. I've thought of it, mm-hmm. but like the situation of, of the at hand at the time, mm-hmm. it had it's not kind of blinded. Yeah, you see, what I'm saying to where I'm like, man, and this it's okay is to stop unacceptable it. all yeah. the way around. I you know, think, I that's think what gets approach, lost
0: right. is the fact that sometimes we need to take our time to respond. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, shit happens. You be like, nigga, I gotta respond right quick. Like, I gotta get this nigga. It's like, yo, it's not a rap battle. You know what I'm saying? We gotta. Sometimes we gotta sit back <laughs> and we be what? like, "Hold up, I need to think on this."
1: <laughs> you funny as hell. Yeah. yeah,
0: but you know it's not a rap. You know what I'm I, saying? I, like I, we have been in rap battles. No you know doubt. what I'm saying? Like sometimes I'd be like, oh, "Oh man, you, right? you got 24 hours to respond." But like <laughs> life don't really be like that. Sometimes, sometimes nigga tell you some shit. Be like, "Hold up, man, I just need a moment." Yeah. Because if I respond now, I'm not gonna be my best self. Okay, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be you're dealing on the lower I'm side. Be on some niggas reactive. yeah I'm gonna be yeah. reactive and I'm gonna be like all right cool now I gotta drop bars on you no you doubt. know what I'm saying <laughs> now I got now I gotta I'm ether learning you. a lot
1: with this session right you know here,
0: saying now I gotta ether your ass you know what I'm saying but not but like when i take my time because it's I don't um I had to learn uh, one of my friends taught me like yo don't match your energy
3: because
0: mm. not everybody you know I, I had to stop um I had to stop going with the flow Cause going with the flow, you end up going down the stream of somebody else's intentions. Mm. So like, I had to beat the flow, and I had to control the narrative and control where I'm going.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So that. I get that. Yeah. So that was my thing. And once I started doing that, I got I got into less confrontations because I had to sit back and realize where where are they coming from. No, normally when someone's that angry or angry with you or whatnot, it's usually easy easy to talk to, and it's and like. Our limited emotions, uh, the the feeling that we have at that moment may not be the definitive feeling that we have. You may be mad at someone when someone tells you something initially, but like sleep on it. You know what, mm. what I'm saying? <laughs> sleep on it. I think um, Styles P said that shit. Like before you bust the cannon, sit in front of the de- the feather. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I had a
2: a situation man, the other week. Um, I uh, I was driving my mom's car. Mm -hmm. and uh, somebody was backing out of a space as I was driving by, and they just backed into me.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I got out the car, and this is very different than the way I usually handle things, but I instantly got out and yelled at the person Mm -hmm. and kind of berated them a little bit, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and... Uh, after after the whole incident um, <laughs> Which First of all I just handled wrong in So many different ways mm-hmm. I remember talking To people close to me I was like man You know I try to be uh, Very cognizant Of my big black maleness <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I don't, don't want to just Be jumping out here and scaring people like, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, and, and I think about the person that I, I, that hit me was, I think they were like an immigrant. Uh, they were really like very sorry, but I was just, I was, I was on one and I was upset. And, um, I was trying to, uh, trying to give myself grace for that. Just Mm -hmm. the fact that, uh, you know, I handled the situation completely in that uncharacteristic way. Like I'm not usually like somebody who yeah. gets angry like that.
1: Take some, hey, take it from me. I I, I would have uh, uh, reacted the same way.
2: Yeah, but you
1: don't feel bad about that. <laughs> I think I think there's
2: there's other ways and to I handle the situation. Right either, yeah. you know what, Jazz? That's not correct. <laughs> like, <laughs> they need to be aware of what the hell they i doing. You know what I'm saying immigrant or not, they're gonna learn. Immigrant or not, And that's that's what that's, what, that's kind of how I acted. Like, Trying to yeah. avoid prison. But, but, I'm sorry. This <laughs> just, let's just I'm not. Sorry, bro. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah. I feel you though. I, feel I, you. I definitely could have handled that. Yeah, and, and I'm and glad in the way that deescalated, that t- de-escalated
0: t- it. Talk about it. Yeah. Nah,
2: but it's all good. I understand. Yeah, and everybody it was like, "What if? What if this person would have?" Got out the car with a weapon. Yeah, yeah it could happen. It definitely could happen. What if they had wanted to pursue a physical altercation
1: mm-hmm. or yeah. try to coerce you into doing something to them so they could sue? Right. Mm-hmm. Or what it's if, all type of? Or what if there was
2: a, a a police officer that showed up? You know, like all, all of types these of things could have happened. Yeah, yeah, you know, and definitely as a black man, there's not always. We can't always afford to let our emotions rule us in Come different on. moments. Yeah, because say that wisdom is a lot at stake oh. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And so I need to hear that. That's mm-hmm. why I was upset with myself because I definitely yeah.
1: Um, yeah I'm proud of you. Outside but myself, you still that's good. You man. still took the high road. Had to because I, I imagine nobody got hurt. Uh, hopefully it wasn't. Uh, no yeah, but I
2: think I think I was just being intimidating, and mm-hmm. I was using intimidation as a tactic. Or well, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I was using and trying to even being strategic. But I just think I was just, I, I flipped into a mold that I just yeah. I don't I yeah, don't want to be in. Yeah, at this point <laughs> in my life, you know. <laughs> well, no,
0: and and I get it. You are human, you're uh, but I think it's something that
1: proud about that situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and I if, it's not
0: it's, like I said we have our moments where we're not not our brightest. But I, while I do think that we f- should forgive ourselves for that, I do think that we should hold that, hold that memory. So the next time such situation comes by, we bro. go, oh, last time I wasn't was grateful, graceful. Man, I bro. got some of these stories. Yeah, bro. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that was a light. It. Yes, I'm about to say. <laughs> that nah, was light, bro. we should delete. Yeah. We, we we don't need I ain't to say edit that. I'm about <laughs> I ain't the incidents that was this, right, in this man. podcast are purely fictional. <laughs> 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 i <It's not laughs> <to> my ass. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No. Oh no, nah, but yeah, man, I think it's I think it's important to like when we do fuck up because we all mess up, uh, is to take those moments, forgive ourselves, but also take that take that lesson and put it towards something in the future. Like, hey, next time I'm put in this situation, <laughs> I will not react like that. Well, like, no, and I've learned I've learned to do that. And, and in some cases, like. I'm a little bit too forward about it. Like, especially if I know the person, I would be like, listen, the last time somebody did this to me, I cussed the ass out, but I'm working on myself right now. So I'm going to respond in a better way. Hang on. You know what I'm saying? And they'd be like, this nigga Chris tripping," But it's like, it's it's the way my brain works. Like the last time, I know what I think he deserves at this moment, but you know what I'm saying? I'm going to chill. Because I'm better than this. And this is what I learned that lesson. Yeah, so I figured like that's a yeah, it's gross, man.
2: I, 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 I gross. read um the, the the autobiography of Miles Davis, mm. and um, he talked about how he really loved Louis Armstrong's music, mm. but he couldn't stand that that nigga was smiling all the time. <laughs> like you know, because it was you know they th- he thought he was smiling for like white people and everything. He was. Let's <laughs> so, okay. that's, that's clear. <laughs> Let's be clear. He was. Yeah, I don't know. The thing I have learned um, over the years is that a smile can be a shield. A smile, be a, mm. a smile can be a weapon. A smile can be a place to hide. And... Um, that's usually how I try to deal with conflict.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: This Is like I try to first take a beat and then smile, because I think there's something that happens when you smile. And like this is like a like a old bodybuilder trick. Like if you smile while you're just like lifting some really heavy weight, mm-hmm. like you can kind of push through it because your 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 the smile tells your synaptic that this is something that's pleasant. Mm. But. Uh, that's usually how I try to handle conflict, um, you know. Definitely in the workplace, and
1: Man, I need help. <laughs> listen, listen, we all Get do. We all, it. We, all, yeah. we all, we all, we all do. We all do. You know, you yeah. have that
2: person that comes up to you and says something aggressive yeah. or a microaggression or something like no, that. Just aggressive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> aggressive, just, aggressive, yeah. Or aggressive, know? aggressive. Exactly you know? you aggressive. Know, it'd be like and, that. I was actually.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because this this will lead me to my. My last question of the evening. Um, In the past week, what is something that made you smile? Mm. Mm. It's always... Whenever I ask these questions, it's always like a thing. Uh, I'll start off. I'll start off. Um, Generally smile. I went to the Beyonce concert. And that shit was like gorgeous. First of all, it was so beautiful to see so many people comfortable and in a safe space. Mm. You got a chance to see a bunch of black people, which is always a plus, right? But then you got a chance to see people in so many different communities, whether it be LGBTQ, whether it be anybody, right? And they like, everybody's comfortable. It was like going to a fashion show. Right. But it wasn't shady. Like, it was definitely like, oh yeah, you wearing that? There's cool people complimenting each other on the streets and things like that. And the energy... The energy that was like energy, flowing through. exactly <laughs> energy, flowing through the whole building, but it was like love. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I, I really like that. I like, I like to be in spaces where I almost forget where I am. Mm. Like you, I was like, this ain't Seattle. You know what I'm saying? So mm. it was, it was super dope. And I, I genuinely smiled and I genuinely enjoyed my, genuinely enjoyed myself in that moment. So yeah, that was the thing I smiled for this week. That's for sure.
1: That's yeah. Something to smile about.
0: Definitely, definitely. For real. What about you? He's like, you ain't, you ain't wake up and be like, I'm talented. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I was
3: actually thinking about this. I was like, I don't be smiling at people no more. Like, mm. I look down. I'm one of the Northwesterners who uh, looks away and don't smile at people no more. Oh, yeah, you got to smile, man. I did see three. a cute little baby today named Layla. She was wearing a little cute little dress Aww. and dancing, and that made me smile.
0: All right. That's be amazing. like Layla. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. What about you, Jazz?
1: I'm over here thinking about my kids.
0: Yeah, that's
1: yeah, awesome. They always make me smile. But mm-hmm. like, I could we, um, as you know, I have a daughter with special needs, mm-hmm. so she's developing a little slower, mm-hmm. but she's coming along. Like, That's beautiful, man. <clears throat> she's trying to communicate and saying things and stuff like that, and it made me smile. That you know. She she uh, she picking up what's going on around her. You know mm-hmm. what I'm
2: saying?
0: Mm-hmm. That made me smile. That's
2: awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: What about you, Jabari?
2: Uh, I I got a hug from my mama that made me smile. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. That's so, always good. Old fashioned mama hug. That's oh, all. That's always mom. awesome, man. 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 Yeah. That's
0: always yeah. great, man. Thank you. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome, man. Well, enjoy that exactly every that. moment. Well, y'all, I am incredibly grateful for this conversation. Thank you all for joining me uh, on this episode, man. And just usually, it's just great to just chop it up. All you right, know what I'm I saying? Appreciate so, it, bro. all right, man. So yeah, man. If anybody's listening, remember you can always listen to this podcast on any play where you get podcasts. And thank you all for joining us for Big Brother Club for grown men. All right, peace. Peace.